From the American College of Financial Services, it's time for NextGen in 10. I'm Ross Riskin, chair of the NextGen Advisory Task Force, and for the next 10 minutes, you'll be joined by our hosts and guests discussing topics relevant to up-and-coming financial advisors. Hey, NextGen, it's Alana Phillips here again with AJ Bishop, founder of My Wealth Conscious Coach. Thanks for hanging out with us today, AJ. So good to be here as always. Excellent. Well, this is a topic that is very, very important to our audience. We're going to discuss really the foundational steps and and tips for building a book of business for new folks coming into the industry. This is always the largest challenge, AJ. So I want to ask you, you've had years of experience in this industry watching folks do this. What are we doing wrong in helping new advisors to build their business? I think what I have always seen done wrong is the idea that we can be all things to all people. We are individuals. We are right who we are in the world and we should celebrate that. And unfortunately, the way that the system has been built, right? Financial advising and building a book has been go out and get as many clients as you can and see who sticks to the wall, right? Like that was very much what the mentality was when I was a financial advisor. And then what happens is over three to five years, as the advisor becomes more successful, they're then bogged down by a book of business or clients who don't fit the ideal client that they want to work with. And then they're treading backwards, trying to actually create the book of business that they want. And so this idea that we have to be all things to all people because of the nature of the business, right? We're trying to grow our book is something that I think can be, you can be very strategic about so that you're not down the road going backwards and spending valuable time away from clients trying to right size your book business. I mean, AJ, and you know this better than I do, the things that we are asking new folks to do in the industry to build their business has not changed, right? It is still door knocking. It is still cold calling. It is still networking events. Are any of those things still working or have they always worked and we just do them differently now? What are your thoughts? Well, I think at the core of all these activities is relationship building. And so relationship building has not changed. The modality that we do it has definitely changed, right? Like COVID obviously has forced all of us to go virtual for the unforeseen future. Some of us are starting to come out of our homes while some of us are still very much stuck at home working from home. And so what I've seen, especially this past year, but honestly, it's been percolating for five to six years is the need to have a strong presence virtually. Anything you do right now, if you were to say, oh, I want to buy a new car, what would you do? You would go and Google it. Like that is the number one thing that you do. And so I always say, if you're not Googleable, then you don't exist in the world. And how do you create some activity, some strategic marketing around having an online presence when perhaps in the past that wasn't necessary because either you were involved in community events or perhaps you work in big brokerage and the branch flow is referring to you. But I think ensuring that you have an online presence is almost a non, well, it is a non-negotiable these days. 
Yeah. And I would hope, I mean, it should be a non-negotiable, but also it's an additional place to relationship build and to be present, omnipresent that we did not have before, right? The best way to do that would have been, you know, every time I go to the grocery store and there's a real estate agent on my shopping cart, right? That was the best way to do that or on a billboard. And you don't have to do it that way. You have a virtual billboard that's always up all the time, right? Absolutely. I think, you know, some companies, their compliance departments are pretty adamant about what your exposure can be online, but almost every company I've ever worked for, whether that's as a leader or consulted to, will allow you to have a LinkedIn profile. So LinkedIn at the absolute minimum is a must. And if you think that people aren't looking for you, then again, don't try to think that you know that. Like they are Googling you and to have a LinkedIn profile of anything is more important than your Facebook profile, for example. Now, some companies are starting to allow their advisors to have websites. Some companies are allowing them to have Instagram accounts. And so we're seeing that we're trying to keep up, right? Next gen, millennials, Gen Y, Gen Z, they're more online than before. And so if you don't have an online presence, then again, it's, it's almost like you don't exist in the world. Yeah, that's the truth. So, so, and it's good. I think we need, you know, our industry to keep up with that virtual relationship building tools uh, that we have available to us. So let's get specific here, AJ, because again, this is always a question of new folks. They have relationship building tools that we've always had networking and cold calling and door knocking and whatever else, you know, your firm prescribes. They've got this virtual opportunity. What are some of the other foundational steps that an advisor needs to take when they're new to really begin to build their business? Well, there's two things I always say are super important. One is activity level, right? Like you have to get really real about how often you're getting in front of new clients and remembering that it takes sometimes double to triple that amount of people to actually get the appointment. And so although it sounds very elementary, like ensuring that your calendar is built around you doing sales generation versus service and being stuck in what I like to call the fantasy land of I'm, I'm working, but really you're like surfing the internet or you're researching a mutual fund, right? So having dedicated time to actually building your business and your calendar on a daily basis is a non-negotiable, right? Even as an independent, right? Entrepreneur now, I have to force myself sometimes to be like, I have to sit down and put everything aside to ensure that I am getting new clients or that I'm in front of new people because we take for granted that people are just going to know how to find us. And the reality is, is they don't, but they also more than ever right now, I've said they want information. And what I've seen a huge shift in the way they want information So for example, I know when I was managing financial advisors, probably three to five years ago, we made a lot of assumptions that people who did work with Fidelity or Vanguard were more of the independent idea makers. They, They didn't want a financial advisor. They don't want advice. They're just doing it themselves. And I would say that is somewhat true. And they also want to know that the decisions that they're making are in fact sound as well as credible and financially prudent. And so one of the things that I get a lot of feedback on, especially from very savvy investors, is there's too much information out there, right? So there's information overload. 
and they want financial advisors to come in and give them options, not necessarily to make the decisions for them, but to help them pare down the options that they have available to them. And so a mixture of understanding your different types of clients that are out there, whether they're what I like to call delegators or controllers because they want to be in charge or they're just out of sight, out of mind, like you go do it is super important when you're building your book of business, when knowing who do you work best with, right? If you don't work well with people who are a little more direct, who are a little more what I call in your face around their finances, then don't go to places that they are at, right? So you want to create your book of business to model the clients that you want to have lunch with, clients that you want to call them and ask how their kids are doing, not people you're afraid to talk to, right? I can't tell you how many advisors I've worked with that are like afraid of their clients because they don't want to bug them. They're too busy. And it's like, oh, no, no, it's your job to be in front of them. That's a great point, AJ. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back. Get best-in-class preparation for your exam with our CFP Certification Education Program. Start your journey toward this value designation at theamericancollege.edu slash CFP. Deliver financial planning for every person and every need through our chartered financial consultant education program. Find the tools and skills you need at theamericancollege.edu slash CHFC. Let's pick up where we left off. I guess it's comforting, AJ, to know that some of these items haven't changed, right? And it really is about having the discipline to do them. The activity is the same. How we're doing it has changed a little bit or where we're doing it. Still that discipline of your calendar. And, and I know in my calendar, I've got that prospecting time is green. You know, that, that the green time, I have to make sure there's enough of that on the calendar. And visually that helps me stay accountable to it, right? But I, I love what you're saying about not being afraid of your clients, which is kind of hilarious, but I think that is very true. How do new folks figure out which clients they're not afraid of and then get in front of those people? Well, there's some pretty phenomenal books out there about the idea of what's called flow. And that's where, like right now, you and I are in flow. We're having a conversation. It doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's effort. We're just, you're asking a question I'm answering, or I'm asking a question and you're answering. Well, the clients that you have flow with are ideal clients for you, right? And you get to decide what are the parameters within that. So are they engineers? Are they CEOs? Are they business owners? You'll start to see that a certain type of client is naturally attracted to you because they like your vibe, right? Like, And I know that sounds a little new age and woo-woo, but they like the way that you present yourself. They like the way that you are branded, whether that's you work for a larger company or you have your own thing. But I think it's so important to understand who you really work well with, because when things get rough in the market, when things get rough for these clients in their lives, that's when they need you the most. And you don't want to not be able to give them a call and have a real human conversation with them and avoid them, right? Like I remember in 2008, and even most recently with COVID, people weren't calling their clients because they were afraid to, or they didn't know what the response would be, right? Like that's the number one reason why people don't pick up the phone is they don't know what the person on the other side of the phone is going to do. And so if you've built your book as best as you can with clients that you enjoy talking to, it's like 
you're calling your friends every day, right? In a lot of ways, you're calling your uncle, you're calling your grandma, you're calling all the people you normally would, and you're building that quality relationship, which they deserve as well as you do, because you're the captain of your book of business. As I listen to you talk about that, it inspires me that I hope that our audience feels that same way as they're in this position, likely prospecting right now. If new advisors are going into building their business, I mean, one, more aware that they're actually building a business. I think so many advisors didn't realize they were business owners and they weren't for a long time, but they're more aware that they're building a business and they're more aware of who they're building it for. Will it happen easier? Will it happen faster? Like, will we see advisors' businesses take off sooner than maybe they have in the past? I believe so, because I do know for sure is it takes the same amount of time to open up a $5,000 account as a $5 million account. And it's the same when it comes to building trust and relationships with individuals. And so some people used to say, AJ, it's not realistic for me to build a book of business with my elder clients. Okay, that is reality. And if that happens, then the best thing to do is while you're building the book to be really clear with setting expectations with those clients around how often you're going to meet with them, right? So you don't want to let a client know that you're going to be calling them every month if you don't want to call them every month, as well as to be thinking in the future, hey, how can I bring in someone, whether that's a junior partner or an assistant who can help these clients as I continue to grow? So there's a lot of ways, even when you're very first starting out to start segmenting your book of business so that when you get to the point where it's like, okay, now I can actually breathe and decide and choose who I want in. You won't have to, again, start from scratch. You'll know who those clients are in a way. It sounds terrible to say it this way, but you've trained them what to expect from you. So they're not expecting the world because you didn't promise it to them. That expectation setting is so important. I was having this conversation with my mom the other day, AJ, just this next generation, I think is generally much better at setting boundaries. Like that's a thing that we've been taught and it's really helpful when, you know, you're talking about what you're saying of setting these boundaries with your clients or setting expectations. So to wrap up our discussion on building a a business, AJ, and the steps that a new advisor is taking. I love the sequencing that's almost like, you know, the clients you're afraid of, the clients you're not afraid of is a hilarious way to think about it. But you've talked to me before about this nurturing sequence, right? With the folks that you are prospecting, or maybe you're already clients and you're working with. Can you talk to us about what that means, the nurturing part of this and how that helps to grow your book? Well, it's very similar to if you think about your dentist, for example, right? You go in, you get your teeth cleaned. And before you even leave, you know, the next time either you're going to come in or you know that your service is in six months. And so the nurture sequence is your way to stay in contact with clients until their next appointment. So typically that's, you know, a sequence of emails that you've created with your, the approval of your compliance department, of course, but ways to keep your clients engaged. And they know, even if it's a blanket email, it keeps you at top of mind. And so I always suggest, right, some form of a monthly touch point. Sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's business. And that's the key thing, right? We want our clients to know we're human beings. We want them to know us personally because that's what builds likability and trust. 
right? Yes, you can be the smartest financial advisor with the best performance out there. And if they don't feel like they know you and they don't like you, then they're not going to keep their money with you. So the nurture sequence is meant to help you stay top of mind and build relationships when you're not actually in front of the client or able to call them. That trust is so important, AJ, and to have a good mechanism or a process for doing that. I love the monthly touch points and that they can be personal, right? I think we're making decisions now based on more personal factors, not just numbers, not just stats. And how cool that that's going to be a part of business going forward. So AJ, thank you for your advice for those steps for new folks building their business and for sharing your insight with us. Of course. And to all of you listening, keep up the good work. It's um, absolutely worth it. And it's such a rewarding career to be a part of. For more episodes, visit our website at theamericancollege.edu slash podcasts. This has been Next Gen in 10, brought to you by the American College of Financial Services.